0: Ladies and gentlemen, boils and ghouls, welcome back to another episode of the Hedging Screens podcast. As always, I, Zach Cronin, am your host for today. I hope that you're having a great day, a great week, a great year, great whatever, and if today is your birthday, happy birthday. We are right around the corner from Halloween. Uh, Halloween is actually this Saturday, and as you can tell, my room is decorated accordingly and I am dressed up. Accordingly, Um, unfortunately, my clown suit was not clean for today, Um, but that would really kind of just be like everyday attire. Um, Realistically, I'm thinking about just being a garbage bag for Halloween and just wearing a sign that says 2020 on it just to pretty much summarize this year. Um, There has undeniably been a lot of garbage thrown our way over the last 10, 10 and a half months or so. Um, I don't feel the need to rehash that, I think everyone has a pretty a pretty good idea of all the shit that's been going on. There has also, of course, been some good things to come out of this year. We, of course, have sports back to some capacity. The NBA wrapped up. The NFL is in full swing. Baseball is, I believe, wrapping up. The World Series should be coming to a close at some point soon. Um, hockey as well. They wrapped up. Oh, I think they wrapped up a little bit before the NBA did. Um... And that's really, that's really it off the top of my head. Of course, you know, being an NBA centric podcast, or at least, at least masquerading is that I really only concern myself with what's happening in the NBA world across the NBA landscape. But before that, um, I had this thought the other day, I was driving as I do and in the suburbs, there are lots and lots of birds, right? Not birds of prey necessarily. We do have hawks flying around every now and then. But this thought I had is more concerning the um the types of birds that get eaten by the birds of prey. You know, sparrows, doves, pigeons. And I had this, this thought. It's like, first of all, birds are fucking weird creatures, right? They can fly above all else. That's kind of... Bizarre, at least for us land folk, Um, them being able to fly is quite weird. But it occurred to me that birds were quite possibly the strangest type of animal when I was driving and I put it together that birds just like they'll just be in the middle of the street and just that's where they vibe at. They vibe in the middle of the street, never off to the side, never on the piece of grass that is, you know, pretty much. Like that little piece of grass that's the barricade between someone's property and the street. They're always in the middle of the fucking street. And it's like they're testing you. They're like a college kid who is walking on campus and just hoping to get hit by a car. So that way that person has to pay for their tuition. Like they're they're baiting you. They're like, come hit me, you motherfucker. Come run me over. You won't do it. And that's that's what they do. They just sit in the middle of the street. And as soon as you're about to clip that motherfucker, they fly away. What kind of animal actively seeks out danger like that? I mean, we have all types of fauna running around here, mainly like squirrels, chipmunks, raccoons, possums, rabbits, you know, like small game, I guess. I guess you would consider that small game. But like those motherfuckers, they don't like they see a car. And for the most part, they just they run away. There was this one time where I ran over a rabbit because for whatever reason, he saw me coming and ducked out of the way. And I was like, all right, cool. Get get the fuck out of here. And then he just darts back. And I I splattered that little dude. Sometimes, sometimes it just happens. But I don't think he did that intentionally. Like, I feel birds are just trying to grief humans. Like, they know that they are... I don't even know. I don't even really know how to describe it. It's like they know that we are kind of, like, not going to drive full throttle... At them because like you see a bird or any animal sitting in the middle of the street. You really don't want to slow down. Unless, of course, it's a big animal like a deer or a moose or some shit. Then you want to just, you know, plow that motherfucker. Um, But birds like they just chill in the middle of the street. And it never really like it never dawned on me. I never put this together until (laughs) just the other day. I'd been driving for eight years, 24 years on this planet. And just now like birds. I think that birds are fucking trash for that. That might be a little a little harsh for me to hate birds for that one little thing that they do, but I think it's just I think it's just like kind of fucking weird that they're the only animal I've seen that seeks out danger. They're like It's like they're adrenaline junkies almost. Like they get this sick rush, like this straight, I don't even really know how to describe it. It's just just this odd mannerism that they have for them to wait until the last possible second to get out of the way of danger. And I wonder if it's this thing that all animals have where it's like, if you just stand still, they won't notice you. Like in Jurassic Park, when, those, when the two kids or whatever, they were running around trying to hide from the velociraptors, they were like, just be still. And you know, those little, those fucking creatures were sniffing around and then of course one of them knocks over like a can of beans or some shit and they give away their position but like it's this weird thing in nature where you can just be quiet and the predator will forget you but i don't think that's how like i I don't really know the extent of how successful or effective that strategy is and i'm all like i'm not gonna go into the woods and try to find a bear or a mountain lion to test this theory on because that doesn't seem like a bet that I would want to take but that was really just my rant on birds and just how strange they are and like it's not even the weirdest thing I've ever heard about birds like my my homies and I have this this running joke and it's not even just us but it's like oh yeah birds aren't real and they're these like espionage tools created by the government, and when you see them drop down and they perch themselves on top of the power lines, that's them recharging. And at the beginning of quarantine, there were no birds, not a single one. And it was like, oh, because the government brought them all back in to change the batteries. And when the birds fly south for the winter, that's again what's going on. Now, I'm not saying this is true or not. This is just a conspiracy theory that I have been told on numerous occasions, so if I do go missing it ha- it might be about the birds i it, it might just be about those fucking big dumb flying creatures but I think that's I think that's enough bird slander for the day it was seven and a half minutes of just shitting on birds, but I feel like they deserve it like people think oh my god birds are so cute and you get people that go out and they watch birds bird watching if that's your hobby that's cool but like I don't, I don't really fuck with birds like that. I fuck with the birds that don't give me headaches, like Cardinals, Blue Jays, really all the birds named after sports teams or yeah, birds that have some, you know, basis in being named or have, uh, let me try this fucking sentence again, birds that professional sports teams get their names from. You ever seen a professional sports team be named the Pigeons, bro? If there was a New York team, if there were the New York Pigeons, who would be going to those games? Nobody. Tickets would be 75 cents just so they could get people into the fucking arena. Ain't no one trying to go see the Pigeons. People want to go see the Hawks. They want to go see the Blue Jays. They want to see the Falcons. You know why? Because those birds are fucking cool, dude. They don't grief us. A Falcon isn't just going to fly down in front of your Jeep and be like, oh, you almost hit me, bitch, and then fly away. No, Falcons are going to chill. And they're just kinda they're just gonna, you know, vibe in the tree. And then when it's time for them to swoop down and pick up a fish or some little critter running around, that's what they're gonna do. I mean, that's that's what birds should be doing. That's how should they, they should live. They shouldn't be just fucking around and, you know, trying to, seeking out death. I just think it's stupid and now I'm all wound up because of these fucking birds, man. What an incredible time to be alive. I think I have to now transition back into <laughs> basketball talk. So Recently, there has been some news in reference to the upcoming NBA season, whether it's going to be the 2020-2021 season, or if it's just the 2021 season. I'm going to swing on over to Twitter, actually, because Woj reported this. And long story short, the NBA is looking at starting their new season around Christmas. This coming Christmas, the Christmas that is in about two, two months or so. So I'm going to pull up the article right now. The headline sources NBA pre Xmas game start comma 72 games. That is of course not the full headline, but Moj is alluding to the um, potential changes that are going to happen because of everything that has gone on with COVID and that projects to go on with COVID. Right. So let me just get another sip of this right here. So, the NBA, at least when it came to getting the next season started up, their ideal scenario was not to start the games until there were fans that were able to be present. Because, as we know, without fans, there is a larger revenue drop-off. Of course, there are the TV deals, there are, you know, you can still buy merch online, but ticket sales... I don't know the exact number, but I'm sure it contributed to a large amount of teams' operating income or their revenue, whatever. Without fans, there you're missing out on that. Now, that meant waiting for a vaccine to come out, and although I haven't really kept on kept up on the vaccine news, I've been hearing that there are that there is something in the work and that there will be something available to the public at some point in the not too distant future. The NBA originally was looking at maybe March or February to start up the next season. January was another one. Ideally, Christmas Day seemed like the best possible start date because a couple years ago, almost a decade now, actually, the NBA, when they were coming out of the, um, the lockout, they started on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, as we know, is, it's, I don't, not even arguably, it is the biggest NBA Day of the year. It's very, it's very similar to how football is on Thanksgiving. And those two, those two leagues, they give the other leagues their respect on those days, because every Thanksgiving, we watch the Cowboys, we watch the Lions get shit on, Uh, we're probably going to watch the Cowboys get shit on this year, because that team is just nothing right now. But we had something to look forward to. Christmas Day, that is when the best teams, the most talented players get together and go head-to-head. It is a a jam-packed day starting at about noon Eastern and concluding after midnight, at least for us here on the East Coast, the coast with the worst time zone by far. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anything different. So Christmas is an excellent starting point for that reason. People are going to be tuning in anyway, and if you want to get the schedule off on the right foot, Schedule LeBron. Schedule Giannis. Schedule Kawhi. Schedule all of these dudes. And the NBA is looking at that as a serious option. I think another thing that's playing into it is that if the league were to start on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, on Christmas Day, pardon me, it would allow them to return to a sense of normalcy sooner. Because the farther they push back the season, the start of what, is suppo- what was supposed to be the 2021 season, the longer it'll take for you to get back into that regular flow where the players have the summers off September the end of September rolls around you got training camps you got whatever and then the season starts early October the nba has been wanting to start it earlier and earlier but generally i think it's like the second week of october is when it typically kicks off if you start in march the the following march march 2021 you're probably going to be at least another year behind because You'd have to move it up a little bit and then probably start it December of 2020. What would it be? It would probably probably be December 2021. You would start the following, following season, if this is making any sense. I'm getting really fucking confused by it myself. So let's rewind, take it back to the season, right? So I'm just going to read the opening blurb from uh, ESPN's Woj and Brian Winhorst. Quote, the NBA is pursuing a pre-Christmas day start and a reduced regular season schedule for the 2020-2021 season, abandoning plans to delay the opening with hopes of incorporating fans back into the arenas, sources told ESPN. Amid the coronavirus pandemic, the NBA is proposing several changes to next season that include a 72-game season, a play-in tournament, and the likelihood of no All-Star game or All-Star weekend in Indianapolis. The league is considering a two-week break at the midway point of the season. I don't know how I feel about this plan. Well, I do know how I feel about this plan. I like it, and I like it because that would mean the NBA comes back sooner. I think all us NBA fans want the NBA to come back as quick as possible, so long as it doesn't jeopardize the health of the players. You, of course, want to give them a couple months off to you know rest and recoup and just... So you want them to have an off season, basically. Now, there is, of course, a lot that the league would have to work out with this, right? Would they decide to do a bubble? Or the plan that they talk about here in um in this article is that they would do kind of what baseball did. Now, if you don't follow, follow Major League Baseball, I really don't follow it that closely, but I followed it at the beginning of the season just because I wanted to see how they handled it. If they decided to go the route of the bubble. Instead what the what baseball did was they kind of regionalized the travel. So Let's take if a team came to the Northeast, for example. They would play the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, all of the teams that are in that area. I mean, it makes sense because, of course, the more travel you have, the more in the weeds you're going to get when it comes to people, you know, going out, being exposed to more people. Like, and really outside of the Northeast, there is a lot of coronavirus going around. I think uh, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut have the three lowest positivity rates. I know New York is at least in the bottom three at like 1.5% or something. And I think it might be Jersey is in there as well, but pretty much everywhere else there is a lot going on. And you're kind of seeing this with the NFL who has had a lot of recent outbreaks. There was one in Tennessee. Um, the Patriots had a couple guys test positive. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was really the Titans that we're on the verge of fucking this up for the rest of the league. Um I don't think the NBA would want to do another bubble just because it's very um I think the I don't think the players would be able to do it for as long. Like we've heard guys talk about the the mental toll that it takes being cooped up in one place pretty much by yourself. Like you're there with your teammates and If you were fortunate enough to advance deep into the postseason, you would be able to bring in some family members, see your children, your spouses, whatever. Um, But if the NBA were to do 72 games, which is about six months worth of games, a bubble would not be feasible. You would have guys going literally crazy. Cabin fever would set in super quick, especially because they had just dealt with the same shit a couple months beforehand. Um, The regionalized travel, I think, could work as long as you have protocols in place, of course, and you have stricter punishments. I know the NFL kind of slipped up with really not doling out um, the toughest punishments and having the greatest deterrence in the beginning, but now like they're starting to take things more seriously, which I commend them. So I'm just going to scroll down a little bit. Uh, Right here, this paragraph, October 30th is setting up to be a key date. The NBA and the Players Association agreed that day would be the deadline to complete ongoing discussions on modifications to the CBA for the 2020-2021 season, a deadline date that requires the the league or union to provide 45 days notice if either decides to terminate the CBA, a scenario that sources continue to believe is a remote possibility. It would also mark roughly eight weeks until Christmas. Commissioner Adam Silver has told the union that there would be at least eight weeks between the agreement and the start of the formal season. The loss of fan revenue on game nights, which Silver says is 40% of the league's revenue, there's the answer that I didn't know beforehand, is causing the league and the players association to make significant financial allowances in salary cap and player escrows. Talks between the NBA and the union have been productive on making the necessary yada yada. Um... Yeah, that's really all about like the salary cap stuff, which that at least for me and my pea brain, that is a little too deep into the weeds. Uh, the salary cap is really just, I'm going to let the smart people, the lawyers, the accountants, um, the people who actually know what they're talking about, I'm going to let them figure out what's going on. I'm not trying to have my brain ooze out and, you know, turn my headphones red because I'm trying to, to code this and I have no idea what the fuck is going on. So. If the league were to start on Christmas Day, um, like, as I said before, I would really enjoy watching it. Um, If the NBA does decide to push it back a little bit, I really don't see it, like, March or February, I think is a little too, I think it's a little too late because, again, they want to be as normal as possible. The biggest thing with all of this, um, all of the COVID stuff going around is returning to as normal as you possibly can. And what that means is, obviously, people going back to work, people being able to go out and sit down at restaurants and, you know, go out to a bar, enjoy an it with their friends, uh, go to a movie theater, if you so choose. Um, I That's not something I do because I don't feel like spending $75 to take my girlfriend out on a date um, to see a movie that we could stream elsewhere. Like if I'm spending a lot of money, I would at least want to do something more worthwhile, as odd as that may sound. But being able to go to the gym, that's something that us here on Long Island have been able to do for a couple months now. I think it was towards the end of August where um, the governor opened up the gyms at 33% capacity. So here on Long Island and in New York State, pretty much outside of New York City, uh, they're about six months behind us. We are about as normal as we're going to get until this COVID thing is completely gone. When that happens, how that happens, I don't know. And I'm, I really don't want to get into it because I don't feel that is the forum to do so. Um, just remember to practice basic hygiene. Listen to the scientist and just really take the advice that they're giving you. Try not to... Let's see how I can say this. Try not to politicize this too much because it's already been done on everyone has been they haven't really been treating this as like a public health issue it's been a political issue of course some of that's because it's an election year that's neither here nor there just follow the science follow the smart people listen to them take their advice and pretty much just do everything that you can to mitigate the spread wear a mask if you're feeling a little sick you're running a fever don't go out don't go to work Go get tested, go to an urgent care, premier care, whatever you have near you, um, and just you know make sure you handle your business. The NBA, they have to handle their business, and there are a lot of smart people working in the league, and I trust that they're going to do a fantastic job bringing this back. Of course, the, um, the question is, if they do decide to come back on Christmas, or even a couple days beforehand, what are the Christmas Day games going to look like? Who's gonna be on there? I think for a fact you're gonna have the Lakers. It's pr- the Lakers and the Clippers are probably gonna be I think they're gonna be the um the eight the primetime slot, the eight eight thirty slot. Um, because that is that might be the best game of the day. I'm thinking the Bucks are gonna be on there. You might have Bucks Raptors playing at five thirty or so, maybe or maybe uh two maybe two thirty. Because Houston, I feel like Houston always gets the five thirty game. But if the Warriors are fully healthy and the Rockets play the Warriors in Oakland, if that's even how the league is going to do it, I don't know what exactly the travel situation is going to be like if they decide to do it kind of like by conference instead of like geographic location that might happen. Ideally, you'd see Rockets Warriors at the the late game slot. Um, the Nets are probably going to be on there as well. My Nets, I'm thinking that'll be the noon game at least noon Eastern, they'll probably tee off against the Boston Celtics if I had to guess. So what is that? Nets-Celtics. um, Bucks-Raptors. I'm thinking about... Um, that might actually be the 2.30 game if the game starts at 2.30 whenever the fuck they decide to have these times. So Nets... Nets-Celtics. Bucks-Raptors. Primetime game, again. Lakers, Clippers, and then probably... Clippers Rockets, no, not Clippers Rockets. oh idiot. oh fuck. Why can't I think? Rockets Warriors. There we go. And I think, I think I would round out that five o'clock slot or whatever, whatever fucking slot it's going to be. I think I want to get the Heat in there for sure. I'm thinking Heat Philly. I'm thinking Heat Philly might be the move, or maybe if you want to get the Nuggets in there, that's an option. Um, I'm trying to, I really feel like that's, that's everybody. I think I may have to think about this a little more and talk about it more in depth next week, but I kind of feel like that would just be recycling content. I mean, it's already here. The discussion is already had, um, I'm on the spot because I didn't think I would go this deep into it. And yet here we are. So, uh, I think that's pretty much all. For the NBA world... Oh, another thing that's really impacting um the league's decision to not wait till fans are back is because... I think... Yeah, because This is from Woj, quote. Because approximately two-thirds of the league's current jurisdictions still aren't allowing large gatherings of people, as well as the ominous current trajectory of the virus, the NBA has become less apt to delay start of the season and wait on the return of fans. Yeah, I mean unless the rest of the states or whoever some government entity steps in and you know really tries to get a handle on the virus i think it's going to be a while until like people are going back to seeing sporting events i don't think sporting events will come back until indoor concerts come back because that's pretty much the same thing and sporting events are that on a larger scale you got a couple thousand people you know, sitting literally nuts to butts on each other's laps. It's a recipe for disaster. So, yeah, it is kind of odd that they would consider taking out All-Star Weekend, but All-Star Weekend isn't really, like, I don't know what the numbers are, but I just feel like a lot of people really don't tune in. To it. I mean, the All Star game is cute to have on in the background and to just see guys, you know, kind of fuck around for a little bit and then turn it on in the fourth quarter. But I mean, it's really, that's really it. And the Saturday and All Star Saturday night has kind of lost its allure, I would say. Uh, the three point shootout is, I think, the most interesting event. The dunk contest has lost a lot of steam, mainly because we've seen everything already and. Uh, you know, taking a two week break, probably around that time, I don't think it would be the worst thing for the league to do and to just give everyone like a complete break from um, from the NBA. So I will, I'll of course be keeping tabs on this and I'll be, I don't want to say I'll be reporting it because I'm not really a reporter, but I will be talking about any changes that um that go on. And this segment, I'm very excited about this segment. So with Halloween right around the corner. It's only right to talk about trick-or-treating and of course the candy that people dole out to trick-or-treaters now i was a kid once yes i was in fact a child halloween candy was always it was always interesting because you either had people give you the best candy or the shittiest candy and this was when i'm talking when i was like a little kid as I grew up and became like a teenager, that's when really shit really hit the fan and you would just like run up on, you know, Grandma Josephine's house and just take her bowl and dump, dump the entire shit into your, your pillowcase, which thinking back on it is, it's kind of fucked up. You were in a weird way taking candy from the babies that would later go there to, you know, Grandma Josephine's house and not have anything. But, you know, when you're 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, you're stupid. It's just it's just how it is. There aren't many smart teenagers out there. And, you know, really, what are you going to do? So I feel that it's appropriate to rank the types of candy that comes out on Halloween. Um, for the audio listeners, I will be doing the play-by-play of this. And for the people watching this on YouTube or wherever... I am, this is the first time that I'm ever going to be doing a piece of content that is like this with the screen recording. So I got OBS open right now. Look, there it is. You can't see it and you might not be able to see it in the edit, but it is going. I've been recording for a minute and 42 seconds. So this tier list, you got the double S tier, the regular S tier, A, B, C, D, E, and the complete S tier. And I made this for one Piece of candy specifically. If I see anything else, I will throw it in there. I have not looked at this list beforehand. I took a glimpse of it just to see what was on there and to kind of get, you know, just to kind of get an understanding of what I will be working with. So the first thing we got Almond Joy. I'm not really a fan of Almond Joy. I like almonds on their own. I like coconut and I like chocolate. But together, Almond Joy, it, it just, it doesn't do it for me. I don't think it's a bad candy. I don't think it's exceptional either, obviously. It's, it's in the middle, right? It's definitely an average treat. I don't know, I don't know if people get excited when someone hands this to them, but I also don't know if they're like disheartened because again... It's a fine piece of candy. It's not the first thing you're going for when you're emptying out your bag late at night or the next day. So um, I feel that the C tier is appropriate. Nice, average, a nice benchmark, really. Now, we got candy corn. Candy corn is complete ass. It's trash. That's, That's it. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. It's ass. It tastes like sugar that was stepped on. Like, you know how when they make wine... The winemakers, well, I don't know if they still do it now, but like, you know, the wine the winemakers, they would like stomp around on the grapes, get them all mushy. That's kinda like what candy corn is. Except it's not fermented. It's just ass. It's just shit. It it fucking sucks. That's really That's really all I can say on the matter. The next is an apple. Now, apples are a weird Halloween treat. I've never gotten an apple in all the years that I've gone trick-or-treating, which Leads me to believe that people don't actually give these out. And it's kind of just a meme. Now, I like apples a lot. I think an apple is an elite fruit. It is an elite snack, lots of fiber, lots of water, vitamins and minerals, a very healthy alternative to some other things out there. But we're not talking about apples on their own. We're talking about them in the context of Halloween and trick or treating. And I think for that, apples are in the D tier because, again, no one wants to get an apple on Halloween no kid wants to get an apple. It's just kind of like you could you're doing the you're doing the least at that point. Like literally you could have given them any candy and it would have been better than a fucking apple. Plus the apple if you don't eat it right away it's going to start to rot. Like candy you can just keep in the drawer for however long and pick at it as you please. That's not the case with an apple. Next we got baby roots. Now I think that Baby Ruths are very underrated. I haven't had one in a long time, so maybe it's just the um, it's just the nostalgia doing this for me. But I'm I feel comfortable putting this in the A tier. Um, again, just a quality piece of candy. Not doing too much. There is, I believe, if I remember correctly, it's chocolate and then like peanuts or something. Great combination. Chocolate and peanuts go very well together, mainly because chocolate and peanut butter. Goes exceptionally well together. So I'm going to drop that in the A tier. Big League Chew. I don't know what the fuck you're doing if you're giving out Big League Chew on Halloween. Like, wh- what are you doing here? This is going in the complete ass tier. What the f- Dude, I can't even, like, rationalize the thought of someone giving out gum on Halloween. Like, more so, Big League Chew? Bro, this isn't fucking Yankee Stadium. We're not, we're not trick-or-treating at City Field watching the Mets. This is- Nah, no, dude, I'm so fucking tilted. I'm so fucking tilted because Big League Chew is on here. Butterfinger, um, I heard some folks slandering Butterfinger a couple days ago. I forgot who it was. Was it? Oh, it was fucking Joe Sanegato on his on his on the basement yard podcast. Him and Frank were slandering Butterfinger, and I'm like, bro, you're fucking bugging. Butterfinger is elite butterfinger i think butterfinger might honestly be an s tier candy i that might be a hot take the one thing there there is that one thing about butterfinger though is that it leaves like this weird i don't really know if it's like an aftertaste but you know what i'm talking about when you eat it it's like the peanut butter kind of gets all mushy and it like i I don't want to say it gets stuck to the roof of your mouth but it Again, this is this is all very hard to explain, but regardless of that, the combination of the chocolate and the peanut butter, S tier. And I know I said the same thing about Baby Ruth. However, there is a texture difference, a consistency difference between peanut butter and the actual nut, the actual <laughs> peanut. So that's why Butterfinger is above uh, Baby Ruth. I don't even know what the fuck these little... Dude, what the fuck are these? Does it not tell me? I don't know, like if you're wa- if you're listening to this, I'm sorry for you, but these are like these caramel squares. I guess I don't know I don't know what the fuck these are. These are going in the E tier just because, again, if you're an adult, I'm gonna say this straight up. if you're an adult and you're not giving out name brand candy on Halloween you're automatically fucking up the kids are gonna see you giving out and they are they're gonna be slandering you and it doesn't matter if you're a nice woman or a nice jolly old man if you don't give out the you know the recognizable candies on Halloween it doesn't even have to be like the good candy it can be the the average candy it can be an almond joy it can be a mounds bar if you're not giving that out folks they're just They're not fucking with you. I'm going to tell you straight up. They're not fucking with you. And whatever these little fucking caramel squares are. I'm definitely not fucking with you. If you're putting that shit out. Uh, We got dum-dums. At least I believe those are dum-dums. See, dum-dums are weird. Because lollipops are inherently a weird candy. Because they're not. They're just. They're in a league of their own. Like. When you talk about candy, I don't automatically think of a lollipop. For me to, you know, picture that, you need to say, oh, yeah, this is an actual, you know, lollipop or some shit like that. Dum dums are not bad. I think I'm going to put them in the C tier right next to almond joy because I do enjoy a dum dum every now and then. The root beer flavor is a fucking banger. The mystery flavor is always, you know, a pleasant surprise. Nine times out of 10, a nice, baseline again i'm not getting excited over a lollipop like this but i'm also not being um, discouraged over it so now we have the halloween pretzels the halloween pretzels man they low-key bang like pretzels by themselves quality snack you add that little that little spookiness the spook factor and you know i i've gotten pretzels in my day a couple times they're going in the beats here i've never been disappointed by a pretzel i think it's kind of hard to fuck up honestly um heath bar bro i ain't never had a heath bar in my life this is um this is this is e i i don't even know like what to say about it honestly i've never had i've never had a heath bar i i really don't know hershey's hershey's chocolate bar now when it comes to making these tiers right this is of course my opinion i'm not really a fan of Hershey's, of Hershey's bars. And because, because to me, they taste like vomit, right? Now, I remember, and I forgot who I was talking to, but they said that Hershey's bars, I might've been on Xbox with somebody, but they said that Hershey's bars have that distinct taste because they use some sort of acid or chemical that is found in the body that attributes to to how vomit, you know what, fuck it, hold on, I'm screen recording, I'm gonna look this up. Let's go to Google. Why do Hershey bars taste like vomit? And some experts, at, and some experts believe that's because some companies such as Hershey's, puts its milk through a process called lipolysis. This breaks down the fatty acids in the milk and produces butric acid, the chemical that gives vomit its very distinctive smell and acrid taste. Now, I brought this up to my family because this was a fucking bombshell. I always thought that Hershey bars tasted sus. They were definitely a little sus. And I brought this up to my mom and my two sisters, and they looked at me like they had no idea what the fuck I was talking about, right? So I read that. I remember reading that exact blurb. Because my sister brought it up and she didn't know how to pronounce lipolysis. So she gets through reading it and they've never ever experienced anything like that. They've never thought that Hershey bars tasted like chocolate. Now, my mom had this brilliant thought. She's like, who were you talking to when, What? who, who were you talking to that brought this up? And I was like, oh, my friend Denim. My friend Denim, of course. Has a very unique name, but denim is a male, and she's like, I wonder if it's like something that only men can taste. Now, I don't know how accurate that is because women throw up, and I'm sure women have butric acid in their system, but maybe they just maybe their bodies—I don't know—do something different with it because, as we know, women are the the female body is in exceptionally um, intricate. I don't even know how to say this. It's an it's an exceptionally intricate piece of science, right? The human body as a whole is. But like when you take into effect that women actually, you know, bear children like that in and of itself means that they are radically different than men. And sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way, the human body is equally as disgusting as it is impressive. So that's what does it for me for Hershey bars. Now, I don't hate them. But again, I'm not actively seeking them out. However, I'm going to put them in the S tier because they are an iconic, they are an iconic candy bar and they have so many different iterations, dark chocolate, milk chocolate, like Milton Hershey, I think his name was, has an actual has an actual monopoly on candy. And I'm going to put them in the S tier because I respect what the Hershey bar has accomplished so far. For me personally, I'd probably put it in the um I'd probably put it in the A tier, but given the legacy, given the legacy of the Hershey Bar, it's getting bumped up to the S tier. Now, Jolly Ranchers, um, I have this weird thing with Jolly Ranchers, and it's because back when I was in school, whenever the teacher wanted to incentivize like class participation, they would hand out Jolly Ranchers. Like they would just fucking peg them at the kids. Like they were all this chapman coming coming in to get the final out the final out in the ninth inning. They would beam these little candies at you as a reward for, you know, not only participating, but answering the question correctly. So I've had a lot of Jolly Ranchers in my day. Um, I don't really, I don't really like hard candy. Like it just having to hold it in my mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm so immature. Just like having to hold it in my mouth and suck on it. <laughs> it doesn't do it for me. It does. It doesn't do it for me. I've. I require instant gratification especially when it comes to candy because sugar sweets it's instantly gratifying as it's supposed to be. So, Jolly Ranchers, I think these are going in the C tier, average at best and they really don't vary that much. However, the blue raspberry Jolly Rancher is a fucking amazing. That is an S tier candy. Unfortunately, it is brought down by the rest of by the rest of the team. Now, Kit Kats Bro, I, nothing I got to say about Kit Kats double S tier, elite. I've never met anybody that doesn't like Kit Kats. The only type of people I met are the people that don't break their Kit Kats to eat them. And um, I don't know yet, but I think I may have met a couple future serial killers in my day. But Kit Kats speak for themselves, entire package, easy to eat, multiple ways to eat it, as odd as one of those two ways is. Um, and they've, they've proven themselves. They are like, they are probably the LeBron James, the Michael Jordan. They are that type of candy. Next, we got Laffy Taffy. Um, Laffy Taffy. Never a fan. Mainly because trying to get them out of the packaging is fucking impossible. They don't, it doesn't peel nicely. And there's always like bits of plastic stuck on the fucking piece of candy. And like that just, that, that defeats the point for me. Plus, none of the flavors really like jump out at me the banana flavor is trash and they always make my mouth like extra saliva they always make me just like salivate for whatever reason but like not in a good way kind of just like it over it overtakes my mouth and i start to drool on myself it's like yo what are you doing are you okay do you need an aid like what the fuck is going on with you so for that d uh m&ms m&ms these as you can see are the basic M&Ms, at least I think they are. So fucking small, I can't see. Basic M&Ms, I think we all know, double S tier. M&Ms don't miss literally the most perfect candy of all time. Regular, caramel, peanut butter, pretzel, minis, oh my god, the M&Ms that came in that little fucking that little whatever it is, that little sleeve that you would just pop, oh my god. Undeniable recognizable delicious easy to consume um another thing I like about them is they don't really melt that quick like you can hold them in your hand a little bit and just like you know snack on them and they they won't get your hands all fucking gross and sticky double s tier definitely for M&M's Mike and Ike's now I haven't had a Mike and Ike in a long time so maybe I don't remember them correctly but they were always always exceptional always exceptional uh, they actually tasted like fruit, which was the weird thing. Like they were sweet, but never super sweet. Like candy is inherently super sweet because it's artificial sugar. But Mike and Ike's, they did a good job. Um, again, not my go-to, but I definitely would not be disappointed if a bag of those slipped into my, uh, slipped into my, my, my candy sack. Milk Duds, not a fan. Definitely not a fan. Is it the worst candy I've ever had? No, but again, I don't really like milk because I'm fucking, I can't eat it. I'm lactose intolerant. Um, And really all kinds of candy. I think a lot of candy has milk in it. So this isn't really like a a great way to judge, but I don't give a shit. Milk duds are D tier. Um, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan again. Not something I want to be getting on Halloween mounds. I'm going to put Malon's C tier. Why? Because it's pretty much the same thing as Almond Joy. It's a nut bar with coconut. There's really not much more that needs to be said. Mr. Is this Mr. Goodbar? Wait, is that even hold on? Let me just Mr. Goodbar. I think that's what it is. I feel like that's not the name though. Oh, it is Mr. Goodbar. Perfect. You know, I'm trying to remember as I'm on the fucking, as I'm on the fucking Walmart website looking at Mr. Goodbar. <laughs> Mr. Goodbar, I think, is super underrated. Um, It's like right up there with the Charleston Chew or the 100 Grand. Those are like, they're underground candies, but have mainstream deliciousness. If that makes any sense, it's like before a rapper blows up or before a band blows up, like you can put on, like, if you go back and listen to the Strokes debut album, right? Is this it that they released back in 2001? You one? You're listening, like, okay, this band, you know, this band, these guys, these guys know what the fuck they're doing. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit. The Strokes are now, I think they've got like 11 million listeners. On Spotify or something crazy like that are arguably the most recognizable band of the 21st century think of them in 2001 as Mr. Goodbar now Mr. Goodbar unfortunately hasn't grown to this you know mainstream success but it's got a dedicated group of fans and you know you can keep it in circulation plus it's another Hershey's product so it's got stiff competition right it's like you know Kyrie Irving on the LeBron James Cavs, he was good enough to be to lead his own team, or at least he thought he was. That still remains to be seen, but he had the talent to. That's, I think that's a, um, a better way to say it. he had the talent to lead his own team, but he wasn't able to accomplish it working alongside LeBron. So I'm going to put Mr. Goodbar in the A tier. That might be a little bit of a hot take, but again, if, if you know, you know. Uh, the next two, three Musketeers and Milky Way. I'm not a fan of either of these bars. So I'm just going to straight up put them. I'm actually going to put Three Musketeers in the C tier and Milky Way in the D tier. Three Musketeers is palatable. I think that Milky Way is just ass straight through. Actually, you know what? Nah, complete, it's, it's it's bad, but it's not complete ass tier bad. I think it's just like, cause there are people out there that like Milky Way. I don't know how, I don't know why. I don't know what went wrong back in the day. I don't know what kind of experiences you had on Halloween. But I've, I'm sorry for you, and if you do like them, that's fine. Just know that there are better options out there, and you can get help if you need it. Same thing with the, with Three Musketeers. I really it was the consistency of Three Musketeers for me, because it was like kind of grainy, almost. I feel like it tasted almost like coffee grounds. That was that was disguised as whatever the fuck kind of flavor it was. I don't. Even, I haven't had a Three Musketeers in forever, and there's a reason for that. Same thing with the Milky Way, like if I see candy that I don't like I steer clear of it and since I haven't been trick-or-treating in I haven't gone trick-or-treating since I was like 16 so that's eight years you know you don't have that sampler of candy to pick from just you know keep your palate abreast of everything that's going on next we got I don't even know what the fuck these are some sort of wafer knocko let me google that I think that's what it is is this some fucking British candy Neko, I don't know what, the, what is this? I don't, I don't know. I've never had these. I don't know, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I've never had one of these in my life. The only wafers I know are Nilla wafers, and um, for that, Neko is going in the complete ass category. That might be a little disrespectful. If you ever had a Neko, please let me know how it was because I've, what, I've never experienced this in my life. Next up, we have my personal favorite candy of all time, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Double S tier, undeniably. Just a perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. Simple, yet exceptionally delicious. There was some sort of formula of perfection that had gone unearthed it until someone until they developed the Reese's peanut butter cup much like the M&Ms it is it don't miss in any form you got the Reese's peanut butter cups Reese's pieces they have like the Reese's peanut butter bars the king size bars where you get this like eight inch long piece of candy dude that is a fucking slapperoni that is a full-blown slapper I don't feel that anyone is going to be going to be able to argue with this placement right here next we got Swedish fish. I don't really like sweetest fish because you eat them and they get fucking stuck to your teeth, like clockwork. It's like when you were young and your mom made you a bologna sandwich, you always had to peel the fucking bologna off the insides of your molders. Like I've, that's doing too much for me. Uh, Taste, however, they are quite good. I do want to give them that, but I guess that you have to be good when it's like eating glue. It's got, that's pretty much what I feel like is going to happen. Um, I'm going to put them B tier. I feel sweetest Fish is it misses in some areas, but the other, but the other areas, it, it exceeds, it exceeds all expectations. Again, that's just a personal preference and I am feel comfortable putting them in the B tier. Uh, next up Skittles, double S tier, again, the common theme here between these S tier candies or the, these double S tier candies is that it doesn't matter what type of candy it is or like this specific candy doesn't matter what type of form it's in it's incredible every type of skittle is a banger there is not one skittle in any of the in any of the bags that you would want to pick out from the rest that alone does it for me plus it's got the perfect level of um, difficulty to eat if that makes any sense like i find it hard to eat a lot of skittles and you do actually have to like work for it and the taste is just, taste is just amazing. Like getting those mini bags of Skittles on Halloween was the highlight of my night. It was the, always the first thing that I would do when I got home. Usually when I was younger, I'd, you know, go out trick or treat until like 10, 11 o'clock and then go home. And depending on when Halloween was, if it was on like a Friday or a Saturday, you know, you would just fire up the Xbox, hop on Halo, hop on um, Modern Warfare or Modern War, COD 4, the, um, the original Modern Warfare. Uh fucking Modern Warfare 2 and you would just chill with the boys and eat candy and you know just be fucking raucous teenagers. Like whenever that was going on, Skittles, Reese's, those were the those were the treats that I reached for first. Next we got Snickers. Um S tier. Snickers, bro. Snickers Snickers are the move. Snickers are the fucking move. Really not much, not much Mark can say. It's just a perfect It's just the perfect package and you know what honestly I might have to actually move Butterfinger down to the B tier because Butterfinger is good but it's not on the level that Snickers is and that's that's really what's doing it for me Uh, what's next we got Sour Patch Kids next S tier S tier undeniably I do hesitate from putting them at the double S tier because There are sometimes you get some Sour Patch Kids and they're a little too sour. They're like Warhead Sour. And I personally, I don't fuck with that. Some of y'all might. And because of that, you'll put it in the double S tier. You do you. Sour Patch Kids are amazing. The Watermelon Sour Patch Kids. I wish they had put that on here instead of the regular ones, but fantastic candy. I would not be upset getting those in my candy sack when I was a little kid. Starburst, same deal as the Sour Patch Kids. S tier, just a fantastic candy. Usually when I go to the movies, as I was just shitting on the movies earlier in the episode, usually when I go to the movies, I'm looking at Sour pe- I'm looking at, oh, what the fuck? Starburst. I don't know what it is about them, man. And I love all the flavors. Yellow, pink, orange, red. I think they're all, I think they're all amazing. Although I feel like I never really got Starburst as a kid. Trick or treating. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's, is it really, is it still a Halloween candy like that? Man. I don't know. I might have to ask some of my friends with kids. Be like, hey, do people like, do they be giving out Starburst like that? Because I, I don't know. I'm out of the trick or treat game. So I really, I really can't speak for myself. But that doesn't still, That doesn't taint what, what, um, what Starburst has accomplished. Um, This next one is really fucking weird. Oh, thank you for that. Go bankless. Wonderful. Pardon me. We got these strawberry hard candies like the type that your grandma would keep at her house in that glass fucking bowl. And the strange thing with this is, hold on, I got to burp, is that I never once got this shit on Halloween. Like I've never seen this shit in the store. I've never seen it when I was out. I have only ever seen it in my grandma's house. When my grandma lived in Queens, we would go out there every so often, usually for like a Sunday dinner or some shit. And what do you know? These would be in the fucking bowl. It was always a like The thing about it is, it was always a glass bowl, right? And it was little. Always little. And there would only be a couple of these candies in there at a time, for whatever reason. And no one would ever eat them. I ain't never seen nobody eat one of these candies before. But they would always be there. And they were always like, it's like they weren't out there to eat, they were out there for decoration because like they brought the room together because the packaging, is, the packaging is actually really nice. It's a nice red color. It actually resembles a strawberry, which is kind of cute, but I never saw nobody eat them. And I don't even know if I can put it on the tier because I don't know if I would consider this a Halloween candy. Like it doesn't belong in the ass tier because it's not ass. Actually, because I've never had one, so I don't know if it's ass or not, but I'm actually gonna leave this one off the tier list because I don't consider this a Halloween candy. And now we got sweet tarts. Sweet tarts, man. I don't know. Sweet tarts are always underwhelming. Like there was never enough. You'd always get those fucking packages where it was like three. It was only three in the package, which was not fun. Um Yeah, bro. I'm thinking uh, maybe this is disrespect disrespectful, but they gotta go E tier. Sweet Tarts gotta be E tier E tier, bro. Uh, Toblerone, uh, I don't think anyone under the age of 45 has ever eaten a Toblerone. That's actually a lie. No, that's definitely, that's, I'm, that's cat. My bad. Uh, my dad went on a trip a couple of years ago. I forgot where, I think it was Europe and they brought back Toblerone and I'd never had it before. And I bit into it and I was like, okay, this is odd because they're pyramids, right? They're like mini pyramids. I don't know why the fuck the Illuminati is producing candy, Um, but it wasn't that good. It was mid at best, and especially compared to some of the other things on this list. Like, I don't even know if this is a Halloween candy, but just for shits and giggles, uh, I'm going to put it. Did my fucking browser freeze? Okay. I thought OBS made my fucking. Oh, hold on. It might have. This is fun. What's going on, dude? Why is my computer shit in the bed? Are we good? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll probably have to. Alright, oh, I'll worry about this later. But uh, really quick, just before my computer crashes, uh, Tootsie Rolls. Mm. I'm, sl- I'm stuck between D and E. Uh, I don't like Tootsie Rolls at all. I think they're fucking trash. Uh, actually, you know what? They're going to the S tier. I really don't care. Twix. Twix is an A tier cereal. Um. Chocolate and peanut butter, bro. Can't go wrong. Uh just a little the crunch. Actually, you know what? Nah, they're They're going A tier. The crunch, man. The crunch. Twix is Butterfinger, but better. Like, Butterfinger has Twix potential, but it never got there. Which is a little which is a little unfortunate. So with that, Twix is going into the S tier. And then the final two candies are Twizzlers. Twizzlers are definitely an average candy at best. Uh, chocolate Twizzlers are a different story, though, but I'm not going to get into that because if I do, OBS is going to make my fucking my fucking shit crash, and I don't want to deal with that. Um, what else? And Whoppers. Not a fan of Whoppers. E-tier. Just... They don't really do it for me. I... I think they're like molten milk balls or some shit. Uh, Weird grainy texture. They don't really taste like chocolate. Just overall, overall not enjoyable. And with that, that's going to round out the um, the tier list really quick. I'm going to repeat this back just for the audio listeners so we can have, you know, just so you guys can, you know, get a a glimpse at what the tier is. So in the double S tier, you got Kit Kats, M&Ms, Reese's and Skittles. S tier is Hershey's, Snickers, Sour Patch Kids, Starburst, Twixt, Twix, Twix. A tier, Baby Ruth, Mr. Good Bar, Butterfinger, B tier, The Halloween Pretzels, Mike and Nikes, Swedish Fish, and Twizzlers. C tier is Almond Joy, Dum Dums, Jolly Ranchers, Mounds, Three Musketeers. D tier are is a fucking apple, <laughs> Laffy Taffy, Milk Duds, and Milky Way. E tier is this weird caramel square that I don't know the name of, Toblerone, Heath, Sweet Tarts, and Whoppers, and the complete ass tier is Candy Corn, Big League Chew, Nico, Wafers, I think that's how you say it, and Tootsie Rolls. So, that's it. That's the Halloween candy tier list. And that's actually the end of the episode. I want to thank you guys again so much for listening. This was this was a blast. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. We are, like, near an hour, which is by far the longest podcast that I've ever I've ever done solo but yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in leave a like leave a comment leave a rating subscribe wherever you listen to this be sure to find a way to support me whether that is leaving a rating um following it if it's on Spotify um again I just want to thank you guys so much and I will catch you in the next one